Shalom. I am Rabbi Michael Pont, and this is For the Love of Judaism, episode 15. Today, we are talking about the tourism industry in Israel. Tourism around the world has been impacted very hard because of coronavirus, and the case in Israel is no different. So I have here with me today, Jeff Winston, who is a tour guide himself. He is also the director of programs for Keshet Educational Journeys. Um, He lives in Israel and he's joining us by Zoom today. So Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Uh, So it's it's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What time is it? What time is it in Israel right now? It's 10 o'clock. Most of my kids are in bed and I'm uh, getting ready to as well, but uh, but uh, this looks like a great opportunity to get to meet you and uh, and talk a little bit about the, the tourism industry uh, indeed here in Israel. All right. Well, terrific. Thanks for, uh, thanks for staying up with us uh, here in the States. You definitely, you sound like an American. Did you, you grew up in the U.S., I assume? I did. I grew up uh, down, the, the, down the highway from you or actually up the highway from you uh, in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Yeah, East Brunswick. So you you are a Jersey boy. And of course, I know this because, you know, I work closely with your sister, Dara. She's the executive director of the synagogue where I'm the rabbi, the Marlboro Jewish Center. And she helped to make this Kesher, this connection, uh, which I'm very grateful for. So what inspired you to make Aliyah to Israel, to move to Israel? Well, the story really goes back uh, before I was born. Um, in 1967, my father, who uh, who grew up in England, uh, had just graduated university. War had broken out. And so he decided that he was going to come to Israel and uh, and fight in the army. Of course, the war was over in six days. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so he was a little bit too late. So they put him on a kibbutz down in the south. About a month later, my mother came over. She was studying for the year in France. She wanted to see, she wanted to see Israel for the first time. So she came as well, they put her down on a kibbutz, happened to be the same kibbutz. They met and married. And when I was, when they were pregnant with me, uh, they decided to go to the States. So, but I grew up with, uh, with such strong, strong Zionistic stories and, uh, and real love for Israel. We came numerous times as a, uh, as a kid. And so it was, uh, it was only natural for me to, uh, to come back here and, and find my own place over here. So uh, that's certainly story number one. Uh, number two is growing up as a, as a religious Jew uh, in the States. There were definitely difficulties. Uh, people didn't know what I was talking about when I said that I have to miss my chemistry test in university because it's Sukkot. Um, how come the rest of the Jewish population didn't have to do that? And here in this country, it's uh, it's just too easy to be to be a Jew, to be a practicing Jew. And so I think it's a combination of those uh, that, uh, that brought me here. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it, it is nice that the whole country is... is- is in sync um, in terms of the Jewish holiday cycle. Of course, there's, you know, there's, there's tension amongst different religious factions, just like there is in probably almost any country, but to have the whole country, you know, shut down, for example, and build Sukkot and for Shabbat every week, you know, also it's, it's a true, it's a true blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, when I, when I meet Arabs uh, on the street, you know, and I'll ask them how they're doing, they will even they will say, Baruch Hashem, you know, thank God, our God, not, not their God. And they'll tell right. me Shabbat Shalom. Um, and I, you know, and I have no problem to say to repeat to them Shabbat Shalom. Um, so it's really it really is a, uh, a, a an all encompassing uh, aspect here. Yeah, it's it's awesome. 
Just for people who are listening, uh, in the Jewish world, when someone moves to Israel, we say that they've made Aliyah. Aliyah is the Hebrew word that means to go up. Um, and we feel as Jews, we're going up spiritually when we move to the Holy Land, to the land of our ancestors. So, Jeff, well, let me ask you, what? how old were you when you made Aliyah? I came to Israel on a year program uh, just as I graduated university. So I was 22 years old and I never left. Uh, just after that year long voluntary program, I uh, joined the army for a, a while and made Israel my home since then. Um, so you're, you said you're the director of programs for Keshet Educational Journeys. Tell us about your job um, with Keshet and how has the pandemic impacted you know, your work with Keshet, which is an organization that you know, arranges educational tours to Israel? That's right. So we were uh, educational tours to Israel for for youth, for camps, for schools, for families, uh, for synagogues. Uh, We ran the program for the Marble Jewish Center in 2015. And so we have a wide range of uh, of programs with which we run. And I I really do a little bit of everything. I work with some of the youth. I work with uh, with synagogues and uh, with what we call the FITs, the individual families uh, that come over with bar, bar mitzvah, bar and bat mitzvah programs and the like. Business was booming. I mean, Israel had broken the record for the most number of tourists in uh, 2019. And I had so much work. I was uh, I was almost, you know, getting sick from the amount of work that, uh, that I had coming in. And then, of course, uh, on Purim of 2020, I remember sitting in my living room and all of a sudden the, the announcement came out that uh, that Israel was uh, was closing its skies. And I just I got uh, WhatsApp messages one after another asking, you know, what's going on with my trip? How am I going to be right. able to come in? And right. um, and so it's certainly been ever since then for the last uh, year and nine months, it's been uh, it's been very, very quiet. So, I mean, as someone who does tours to Israel, how are you personally managing and how would you say how is the country managing, given that tourism is such a such a staple, such a mainstay of the Israeli economy and such a part of the fabric of Israeli life? How are you guys managing over there? So, so at first we were we were put on what was called in Hebrew chalat, uh, which is uh, I guess is translates the initials for um, I mean officially it's called furlough, but it, it's uh, it's vacation without pay. And that's what it uh, literally stands for. Um, the truth is that I wasn't really on vacation without pay. I was on what we what I would call alat, which is work without pay, because we do want tourists to to come back uh, in as as soon as possible in the near future. Um, I was still in touch with a lot of clients and building programs with the hopes that we would be able to run programs uh, in the near future. Until now, other than the uh, other than the summer in which we had uh, seven buses of youth groups, um, none of the other groups have uh, have come through. So we were getting paid uh, a par- partially by the government through uh, through you know through the uh, unemployment. Uh, for a while, they actually extended unemployment. Usually it's a six-month thing. Uh, they had given us uh, for about a year and a half. And at the same time, um, I started to focus a little bit on on tourism here in the town that I live in. I live in a place called Zichron Yaakov um, along the, the Mediterranean coast. And I sort of volunteered even just before Corona. We, we were trying to bring incoming tourists to Zichron in order to sort of put it on the, on the tourism map. And then all of a sudden, 
sudden the, the pandemic hit and we did a 180 and uh, and tried to focus on bringing Israelis to this uh, historical town. And um, because of the, the volunteer work that I'd uh, done during that time, I made a lot of connections and and I've actually been guiding in Hebrew or mostly in Hebrew uh, locally here in m- much of it in, in my town, not not exclusively, but much of it in my town. Um, and that's uh, that's what's been keeping us afloat. At the same time, we've uh, we're, we're continuing to work with our clients in the States, believing and hoping maybe too optimistically, but uh, but I believe realistically that uh, hopefully within the next five, six months, things will start to, to come back to normal and uh, and tourists will come. I have busloads and busloads of, uh, of synagogues and youth and, uh, and camps that are sort of knocking down my door to, to, to come into Israel. And we're hoping that it will indeed come through. Yeah, I, I really hope so, too. I mean, are you getting any any information from the government or from other sources about what might happen? I don't know six, seven months from now when it's, you know, it's almost time for the summer? Well, it was almost shockingly, but our Israel's minister of the treasury, he said tour guides should go get a new profession. Um, wow. So really? First, really? Yes. Yes. He came out and said that about two weeks ago. And, you know, thankfully in my, in, in my uh, position right now, uh, I'm too busy with work to, uh, to go out and find a new job. Um, but, uh, but that this is something that's that's quite uh, that was quite surprising for us uh, that for those of us who work in the tourism industry, uh, tourism does play a major factor in uh, Israel's GNP. And uh, did I get the initials right? It's been a long time. Uh, <laughs> gross national product, right? Yes, that's yes. the one. So uh, so Israel does uh, so tourism does does play a major role in uh, in Israel's GNP. Um, and it's not only the tour guides, you know, it's the hotels and it's those in the food industry and the museums and and so on and so forth so that statement by by uh, minister lieberman really sent uh, shockwaves uh, across the industry uh, people got very angry and uh, we're hoping like i said you know every day the the the, the rules changed they're talking about opening up um, to to a number of different countries the united states unfortunately is not yet on that list Although I think it's just a matter of time uh, until the the curve flattens out a little bit, and uh, and and the states will now no longer be considered a a, a red country. And so it takes a lot of patience, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, tour guides are not losing faith. Uh, faith, but uh, a lot of them have suffered. A lot of them are, are taking teaching teaching positions, and um, and and are indeed finding other jobs. We have to put have to put food on the table. Right. Exactly. But still, for the minister of you know the Treasury to come out and say that there must be thousands and thousands of people who are involved in the tourism industry directly. And then, yes, everyone who works in you know hotels, museums, the food industry. I mean, there's it's like there's so many touch points there to say you better find a new job. Yeah, that is a very shocking statement. That's right. So some of us, like myself, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, break my teeth, as they say in Hebrew, uh, a little bit and, and to, to guide in in, uh, in Hebrew. Uh, people find my American accent uh, romantic. I've been in Israel for 30 years, but my accent's only been here for two weeks. Um, and but but others are are not able to do so. Um, others are do not feel confident enough to, to teach in uh, or to guide in, in Hebrew. So that makes uh, things difficult for them. Um, I was I was in the, I guess it was this past summer with uh, with a 
group of friends in Jerusalem. They wanted to go on a, a church tour. You know, here's a whole bunch of religious Jews who've never been inside of a church really before. And they wanted to go inside of uh, in some of the churches in Jerusalem. So I took them around and uh, I was shocked by how empty it is. You know, at least uh, Israelis uh, who are unable to travel around the world are now finding uh, places to travel in Israel. And so you can go to the, you can still see a lot of people at the Western Wall and the old city and so on. Um, but when you go into churches, since there are no longer Christian tourists, um, as it's been closed to, to basically to, to non-Israelis, um, the churches are, are empty and uh, it's quite, quite shocking to see. Yeah, but it's fascinating that Israeli, like you in the tourism industry, you know, sort of, I mean, what else could you do? You turned inward, you know, to do tours for other Israelis from other parts of the country, like you said, to bring Israelis to Zichron Yaakov, you know, to see see your town and the historical sites in your town. Um, I mean, that's necessary, but it's also, you know, smart and, and brilliant. It's that's terrific. Absolutely. I was down in the desert uh, and bumped into a, a fellow tour guide who, uh, who I knew uh, who lives down in the desert. And he said that he's been working round the clock because Israel's a fi- Israelis have finally discovered that, that we have desert uh, in Israel and <laughs> they never spent any time over there. They'd rather go out to, to, to Greece or to, you know, or to Turkey. And uh, now they're finding places that they never really spent uh, any significant time in before. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah, because I know Israelis love to travel themselves, but now that they can't, they're they're discovering, you know, their own country and the the beauty of of Israel. That's that's fabulous. Jeff, I was wondering if you could share if you have any stories from I mean, you've been in Israel for 30 years, you've worked in the industry, you know, for decades. Are there any any stories that really stand out in your mind as that were particularly inspiring or particularly, you know, humorous or or that really made an impact on you personally? Well, there, there are a lot of uh, certainly a lot of stories. Um, first of all, you know, the tourism industry is is used to uh, to being hit with uh, quote unquote pandemics of various sorts. Usually they're terrorism pandemics yeah. uh, or they had right. been for a while. And of course, uh, as I'd mentioned, you know, we, we just broke a record since the, the terrorism uh, in Israel had has been curbed over the last uh, quite a few years. Um, that sort of uh, thing is, is no longer a major issue. Maybe Maybe one of the other, just one more minor story um, is a couple of weeks ago, even I uh, was turned to by somebody who's coming to visit her son who's studying here at a uh, at a year on a year program. And um, she was staying down in the desert. And so I said, oh, I'll set you up with a tour guide. She said, no, no, no. I heard that it has to be you. So whatever you have to do, make sure that you're the you're my guide. And so I went down there and it was it was amazing just because I hadn't been really out uh, guiding in English uh, for the last nearly two years. And to be able to to go down there and um, and still show a tourist uh, what this country is all about was exciting. We ended up not really having much of an itinerary. We basically decided to to. Uh, off the cuff, just figure out what it was we wanted to do. And we started off with a beautiful hike and we went all, you know, found a, a restaurant way, way off the beaten path in the middle of the desert with an incredible view of, uh, of the sand dunes and uh, ended up 
I mentioned going into churches earlier. So we ended up somehow in Jerusalem uh, going into, into churches. She wanted to compare them to the churches in Rome. And, uh, and it was just a, a really exciting time and a great feeling to, to get back into the incoming tourism field. That's terrific. All right. Well, look, is there anything else you think that the people listening to this podcast and we have listeners from in Israel from four different continents, um, anything else you want them to know about Israel and that things are coming back and, you know, whatever you want to say? Um, so first of all, I, I do think that uh, you know right now we're we're going through this uh, Oymakram as we call it here in uh, in, in Israel, <laughs> and uh, and we do see a light at the end of the tunnel. We do we we do believe that um, that we're going to get a hold of this uh, eventually. That uh, we're going to figure out how to to stop it completely. I know that. For the most part, I'm now talking as my my nine year old daughter is in uh, quarantine because of somebody from her class who was uh, who was affected by uh, by Corona. Um, but for the most part, life here in Israel is is fairly normal. I mean, people are wearing masks in supermarkets and on and on buses and on trains. But for the most part, it's hard to tell that uh, that there's a pandemic going on. And maybe it's because such a high percentage of Israel uh, is already vaccinated. But we see a light at the end of the tunnel. We do believe that uh, hopefully within the next, like I said, four or five, six months, uh, things will start to open up. And so I guess I can only say now is your opportunity. Uh, we never know, you know, when the next pandemic is going to hit and you want to uh, to be able to to come and, and, and check out Israel uh, as soon as possible. Um, it can be coming to see the historical sites and it could also see, you know, it could also be what makes Israel the startup nation, what is making Israel move beyond the, uh, the, the, the whole pandemic uh, issue. These are all all things that we we touch upon uh, on our programs and uh now is the time to start planning all right terrific well look jeff winston with keshet educational journeys thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today and uh i hope that we can connect again in the future maybe even in person when you come back to new jersey that would be great thank you very much for giving me the opportunity and uh next year in jerusalem Amen. Cold tube. All the best, Jeff. Thank you. Well, that was Jeff Winston. And as is true with many countries, tourism is critical to Israel's economy. Millions of people from various faiths visit the Holy Land annually. And as Jeff said, the pandemic has had a huge negative impact. You know, a couple of fun facts about um you know, tourism in Israel. First, Israel's Ministry of Tourism has a logo. If you go to their website, you can see it. Uh, There are two people and a large cluster of grapes. Now, in fact, this is a biblical image. It comes from the book of Numbers when Moses commanded 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes, to scout out the promised lands. And he told them to bring back a sample of its agriculture. The spies returned with the fruit. And in fact, there's an older version of the Ministry of Tourism logo that has the two spies, these two men, uh, carrying the grapes on poles because the grapes were just so large that they couldn't, they needed poles to carry them along. And this idea that the grapes were so huge spoke to the incredible bounty of the land of Israel. Now, about half of the world's Jewish population live in Israel, 
but most Jews feel a very strong connection to it. One example, one proof of this is that whenever we pray, we face Jerusalem. So here in the United States, we face towards the east. And in the book of Genesis, God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and look to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. Rise up and walk throughout the land, for I will give it to you and to your descendants. All Jews are supposed to do the same. We're supposed to go and walk the land. If not live there, at least we're supposed to go and visit. God willing, when this pandemic lifts, we will all be able to go and visit the land of Israel. And I strongly encourage everyone to do that. It's an almost indescribable feeling that so many Jews have when they visit Israel. It just, it's almost like magic, you know, the atmosphere, the Hebrew language, the food, the sights, the connection to Jewish history thousands of years in the past. It's truly, truly remarkable. And to see Israel as a startup nation, as a nation, you know, leading the way in many technologies in the 21st century is also truly, truly wonderful. So please, when you can, go and visit Israel. It's a complex place, but it is a wonderful, wonderful country. So that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, everybody. This is Rabbi Pont. Peace out. <music>